Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show is for you. Those of you that work so hard for your money and you want your money, start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom of cash flow today, not 30 or 40 billion years from now, right now, so you can live that life that you love doing what you love. Most importantly, it's not just about living, about getting rich, it's about living a rich life, about creating that ripple effect through the lives of others because as you're blessed financially, you have a greater capacity to do just that. Thank you for allowing me to do that in your life. Thankfully, so grateful for you guys. Grateful for the questions you guys ask that inspire me to be able to create more topics in the show. By all means, please keep reaching out to us at moneyripples.com for any questions that you have or any topics you love to hear on this show as well. Also, if you haven't done so already, take the passive income calculator on there right now and find out how much cash flow you can create right now. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow passive income from making at least double-digit returns on your money. And get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp. does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually return double-digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA-friendly, and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money too. If you want to learn more about that, go check out Secured Investment Corp., Dot com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. So today, I want to talk about this invisible tax, a tax that the government's put on you that although you're kind of aware of it, you don't realize just how bad it is. In fact, this is the tax that politicians really don't care. But when it comes to the poor and the needy, this is the one that hurts the poor and the needy the most. This is the tax that affects everybody, but especially if you're poor and middle class in the lower middle classes, you're affected the most. You get taxed the most, no matter what comes out of their mouth. They're all telling you BS because the truth is this tax is the worst of them all. Which one is it? Not income tax. It's not even your death tax. It's inflation, right? Now, I know, of course, topic of inflation has been talked about a lot lately. And even I've brought it up on a few episodes as well. But I want to really get into inflation. Now, if we go back to what Rabbi Daniel Lappin said, he said, hey, inflation is just evidence of corrupt government. Government being corrupt, throwing money at you, throwing money at everybody, and then that money circulates. And it's true. When you have more money circulating, it does improve the economy. Really, without people printing money, just the fact that people are exchanging money with one another, exchange between two people create wealth. That's a good thing. What happens, however, is that Between the feds, which are just a bunch of bankers, if you really come down to it, the feds are not government officials. They are bankers. They work and operate and own banks, big banks, by the way. And then you got the government where they work hand in hand. And even though they're supposed to be separate entities and not supposed to influence each other, the truth is we know that's different because even the government helps appoint who's going to be the fed president. So these are appointed individuals in these positions. They're really jobs. So there is a little bit of pressure going back and forth. 
And what have we seen? We've heard the Fed say, hey, inflation is out of control. We need to raise rates. What they haven't said is inflation is out of control because we decided to print a crap load of money more than we ever have in history. And we lowered rates, making it easier for people to create and spend and essentially drive up prices. The problem with that is that it sounds great. Sounds like it's helping our economy, especially after COVID. But the truth is that they were actually tightening on money before COVID. In 2018, going to 2019, they were tightening on money and they were even starting to drop interest rates because they were seeing a coming recession. But conveniently enough, COVID came into that play between that and everything else in the world, right? The next thing you know, we're delaying, we're postponing, creating a much bigger bubble. And really, I'm trying to remember what I had called it. I actually called it back in 2020. I think I called it I know some people call it the everything bubble. I call it like the income bubble or I can't remember what it was now, cash bubble. Essentially, it was creating a big amount of cash. that was going around. People didn't even know what to do with the cash. People were getting payments. They were getting either their tax credits early for their children or they were getting just paid money in general and, and even getting forgiveness for student loans, getting forgiveness for rent and everything else. All this was playing out, giving people more cash to be able to spend and drive up prices. Now, you can blame the consumer for this. You can blame the Air American for this. But the truth is, it's because, one, government loves inflation because if they can keep rates down while inflation goes crazy, that's good for them. Because the truth is, government doesn't want to pay down their debt at all. Unlike most people where they say, my goal is to pay down my debt, the U.S. government, even though they give lip service to it, they never really want to pay off their debt. They don't have to. As long as someone's willing to invest in our bonds, which right now look pretty enticing because we're the first ones to start raising rates. We are like the bank that has the better interest rate compared to the other banks out there, aka other countries. People are still buying our bonds. As long as people are buying our bonds and investing in US bonds, which are supposed to be solid and secure, guess what? They can keep raising and spending and printing more money. That is the invisible tax that we're all dealing with today that is now, most importantly, hurting the poor middle class. Now, I want to bring up another subject, kind of an ancillary subject to this, about minimum wage. Now, there's two different schools of thought. You get the more the liberals that will say minimum wage is necessary. It's not fair. In fact, we should raise minimum wage. In fact, that's exactly what we heard in the last couple of years, wasn't it? Inflation is going up. We need to raise minimum wage because people can't live on that. Interesting statistic, when I looked it up, only about 1% of Americans are paid at minimum wage. But they may sure make it sound like the entire poor class is paid at minimum wage, don't they? Now, if they raise it, of course, that does mean that some of those people that were just over minimum wage might get bumped up a little bit. But for the most part, people aren't really affected by it. Most companies have learned something that I've also learned, both as an employee, although I thought of it differently as an employee, and as an employer. And see, as an employee, I was more that liberal kind of person. I was thinking, hey, well, I deserve this. I need more money. I had that entitlement mentality, which does not work in real life. It does not work in getting you paid more money. Well, I thought I was entitled to more because I used to work for minimum wage and I thought it'd be great if they forced it higher because those companies were exploiting my labors. So I was a hard worker. And yes, that wasn't necessarily a lie. I was a hard worker. I was I sometimes work harder than my coworkers and that made me angry. Why? Because they were also getting minimum wage. What I didn't understand is that there is a key thing here is that dollars follow value. The more value you create for somebody, the more you get paid. I eventually did get hired away by another competing company I said, we'll pay you more if you come work for us and help us start our company. Just, you know, this company was a pizza restaurant. That's what I was doing. I was working this in retail business. So I was at a pizza family mom and pop restaurant and I got hired by another one. 
So yeah, I was used to minimum wage. I got paid to clean toilets and bathrooms in college when I was in college. I cleaned up all that junk, minimum wage. Actually, I got paid a little bit over minimum wage, but not much more, but it was fine. It wasn't great, but it was okay. Now, why did I get paid that much? Because that's what I was willing to accept. I was willing to accept less because I valued myself and my time less. The truth is you never accept a wage unless you believe your time is worth less than the money you accept. You think the money is worth more than that time you're exchanging. If I'll tell you right now, like two of my kids work at a grocery store right now making $12 an hour. I thought that's incredible. I mean, when I was working in high school, I was getting paid the minimum wage of $4.75 an hour. Now they're making 12. They're making actually more than the minimum wage here in Utah. Why? Because employers figured out they can't pay minimum wage and they get employees. So they got to pay more to get them. Well, that's a whole conversation right there, right? Because obviously people are willing to accept minimum wage, which is why 1% of people actually get paid it. But secondly, by the way, just so you know, the majority of those people are between the ages of 15 and 24. They get paid minimum wage. Secondly, though, is that I personally will never work for 12 bucks an hour. I don't think it's worth it, but it's not worth my time to work for 12 bucks an hour. I think my time's worth over a thousand dollars an hour. That's what I demand. So as a result, that's what I accept. I will never take $12 an hour. Now, if someone says, Hey, Chris, you work for me $12 an hour? No. 15? No. 20? No. 100? No. <laughs> Keep going, but you got to get up there. This is the only way if you want to raise, you don't even need minimum wage, really. I understand that minimum wage was had a good intention in the beginning. It helped, especially women and children who were being exploited. Back in the late 1800s into the early 1900s, they were being exploited. They had to find some way to boost that up. But in truth, minimum wage really is kind of a joke. It's something that makes politicians sound like they care. But really, when it only affects 1%, 2% of the population, nobody really, it's not really affecting anything, is it? It's just making them sound better. Truth is, though, that minimum wage in those sectors in food and in retail has actually driven our prices up. It has affected inflation. Not completely. I don't blame all inflation on that. Someone says, oh, inflation is going to, minimum wage is going to drive up inflation if they raise minimum wages. A little bit, not totally. Only in a little bit of certain sectors. For the most part, it doesn't do squat. Okay. Does a little bit, but not as much as what the government and the feds have done together. Because again, the feds and the government are in bed together, whether you like it or not, telling you, hey, we need to raise rates. Oh, we need to print more money. Yeah, so you can spend more of it. Got it. Thanks. That's awesome. Why don't you raise our taxes while you got it? Oh, you don't want to raise our taxes because that's not great for votes, is it now? All right. What's the alternative? We can't raise taxes to raise money to help pay, at least to keep the money going a little bit longer and not creating massive over out of control inflation. Okay, if we don't raise taxes, what do we do? Ha, huh, I have an idea. We just keep printing more money, drive up inflation, because then we can keep spending more money, right? That's how they do it. If they can't get you with taxes, which they are going to try to do too, they're going to try to get you on the other side. So watch out for that invisible tax. Don't believe when the government, especially anything the government or the Fed say usually is wrong. That's like when the Fed say that we're not in a recession back in January, 2008, when we were already in a recession, they were saying the same thing, saying this was inflation was transitory. And all of us laughed because any of us that knew what goes on and really just look at common sense here would say, whatever, guys, this is not transitory. This is not because of supply shortages. You guys printed a crap load of money and that has driven up prices. The shortages just didn't make it any easier. So either the feds are stupid or they lie to you. I believe the latter. Okay. So I know I'm being kind of bold and blunt about this and maybe that's not great. I know some of you guys would say, well, actually, Chris, in truth, 
it really comes to this and this and this and economics. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> the truth is, I'm right. <laughs> this is the truth. Economics, there's a good point. And yes, I know there's always exceptions. That's why I try to acknowledge all of those. But the truth is, I can't do a 100-hour podcast and address every exception to the rule. I'm going down what you need to do right now. How do you fight inflation? That is what I want to talk about. How do we fight in this invisible tax? Comes right back to what I was saying before about minimum wage. Tying that back in is that you need to improve the amount of income you create. The best thing you can do in an inflationary environment is to develop better skills and develop the ability to create more value in people's lives. I know you've heard me say this many times, but it's true. In business, if you're a business owner, keep finding ways to create more and more value. Create more value, create more leverage in your business. If you're an employee, find ways to keep creating more value for your employer, not from a place of entitlement saying they owe me a raise. No, go to your employer right now and ask them, say, hey, what would it take for me to merit or earn a raise from you? What can I do to create value for the company? What can I do to create value for you as my boss? How can I serve you? How can I solve any problems in this company that would merit me a raise? And they may not give you a raise. They might just say, hey, here's some additional work we can give you and maybe we'll pay you extra consulting labor on the side or something like that. There might be additional ways to make income that's not just raising your salary. It might just be an additional stream of income within that business, within that job. There's a lot of different ways you can do it, but that's the key. It's not coming from entitlement mentality because that doesn't work. In our company, we look for people that actually, if they have entitlement mentality, we don't hire them, plain and simple. We don't want spoiled brats. We want people that are genuine, authentic, always willing to progress and grow and always willing to create value and have that servant heart so that they actually do earn more money. And I know some of our employees and contractors right now are saying, uh-huh, I'm going to hold you to this. This recording, I'm going to play for you when I'm asking for more money. Great. Just keep saying, here's how we create more value for you. And helping Money Ripples become the powerhouse that it needs to become to bless more lives. So that's my answer to you guys. But same for you. If you don't work for Money Ripples, it's the same. It's how you create more value in your position, in your work, in your business to help more people. The truth is, if you want to bless and prosper any economy in the world right now, it always comes back to human labor and production. That is the key. It always comes back to our production. This is also what actually almost helped really us out of a recession after 9-11. See, we were already going to recession with 9-11. What helped us out was the fact that, unfortunately, it, a couple planes flying to some towers to get people banding together and then saying, I'm going to fight back. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to do something more. I can't think of a time, at least in my generation of Generation Xers, where I felt more unified as a country. We said, let's fight back. Now, whatever conspiracies are out there that may or may not be true, that's irrelevant. What was amazing about this was how everybody banded together and said, let's fight this with one voice. More so, way more so than something stupid like a virus, right? Something stupid like that and then vaccinations and all that kind of other junk that's out there. That didn't band people together because it wasn't legit, right? It didn't have any real merit. But binding people together to say, we need to be unified, we need to build back better, that was something worth fighting for. And that actually helped pull us up by our bootstraps and get us out of that kind of our own rat race, so to speak, our own pride, our own really believing that we were invincible and got us to be more humble and come from a place of banding together and stop bickering and fighting as much and just move forward together. That right there, guys, that production, that ability to continue to keep contributing and creating value, that is what helped turn the country around. 
that is also the same thing that can turn your life around, turn your finances around and help you prosper no matter what's going on outside of you, no matter what the inflation rate is, you need to find ways to keep serving, contributing, solving problems and adding more value so that you get paid more. That is the answer to fighting this inflation, this invisible tax that we're all experiencing right now. Doesn't matter about the investments as much, although those help. Now, we have great investments that fight inflation too. Heck, even infinite banking benefits from inflation when they raise rates. But the ultimate thing that's going to make you the most money out of anything I can give you is find ways to serve and create value and solve problems so that money is an inevitable result of that cause. Guys, go and make it a prosperous and wonderful week. We'll see you later. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.